Amber Skies by The Caretaker Chapter 2 The facility was part prison, part morgue, part recycling center, and it had clearly seen better days. Below the train depot was a large, bare concrete pit. The train cars were placed over it, and upended by a pair of mechanical arms that unceremoniously dumped the contents of the boxcar into the pit below, where they were to be picked through by attendants who combed the pile for useful things like functioning brains, testicles, circuitry, mold, etc., but the attendants were long dead, seemingly destroyed and gutted for parts by something not dead enough to fight back. Without the attendants to sort through the deliveries of corpses, one would expect the pit to be stuffed to the brim with bodies, but this was not so. Due to some sabotage or malfunction, an entire train car had been dropped squarely in the center of the pit. It had smashed like a battering ram straight through the concrete floor. It now sat at an awkward angle, one end against the mouth of the crater, the other submerged into the current of dark fluid into which the corpses would fall and quickly vanish, floating away to some unknown place downstream. The drop from the car to the floor of the pit was only about ten meters. The student landed on the rusted boxcar below with a thunderous clang, followed by the soft hiss of the hydraulic shock absorbers recoiling from the impact. The teacher followed a moment later, landing soundlessly on all fours like a cat. As she righted herself, her eyes swept the room warily. She spoke in a whisper. We should keep moving. We can't know what's still alive in this place. There were many exits from the pit, but the metal doors seemed to lack power, or were simply bent out of shape, unable to slide open. One door was propped open with a bundle of metal pipes wedged into the mechanism. From them hung several braids of red wire or cloth tipped with rivets or screws wrapped around one end. Cairns, the universal symbol of pathfinders, people who had been this way before. Being the faster of the two, the student went first, ducking under the little curtain. The teacher walked through unblinking, the bits of metal clattering against her face. The student gave her an odd look, but received the same blank look. After a moment, the teacher pulled back her lipless face into a thin, conciliatory smile. Under threat of further weirdness, the student elected to simply accept her new companion's idiosyncrasies. There was light in the train depot, so it had to have its own power system. As the pair progressed into the depths of the facility, it only became darker and darker. The student took off the sleeve over her left arm and concentrated for a moment. A gentle warmth passed through the arm, 
and the little glowing nodes started to grow brighter and brighter. The light was uneven and faint, but it served its purpose enough in the sheer dark. The teacher followed suit. A pale hand from the fold of her robes and a snap of her chitinous fingers called a brilliant lithium flame. Its deep scarlet light mixed with the student's pale blue, casting the corridors in an alien violet. The student's light nearly faltered as she stared in wonder at the scarlet fire. She hated lithium. Any gene bender did. It was used in small amounts for complex reactions, but it's highly flammable, toxic, corrosive, and so reactive it can explode on contact with both air and water. And judging by the sheer amount she was working with, the teacher's biology had to be lithium-based. The teacher's eyes were hidden under her hood, but the student was sure she was caught staring. The ghost of a smile passed across the teacher's face. Her fingers rotated unnaturally, curling to sit parallel with her palm, and the flame warped, coiling into a corkscrew shape. By the gods, it was beautiful. She could have watched for ages. That much control over her biology, it was enthralling, like watching a landscape in time-lapse, dying and growing and dying and growing, ever reshaping itself into new spirals, the elemental mathematics of chaos displayed with living, breathing will. Who was this woman? What was she? The student's light went out. Fear shot down her spine. As she tried to back away, she tripped and stumbled against the wall. Oh gods, what was she? The last thing the student saw was the teacher reaching out to her, but retracting her hand. The scarlet flame went out. And there they stayed for a long moment. The only sound was labored, fearful breathing in the dark. What are you? Another long pause. For a moment, the student thought that perhaps she had slipped away into the quiet dark. When the teacher finally spoke, it was with a distant sadness that was all too familiar to the student. She spoke with the gentle, deep exhaustion of one with fond memories of a home that could never, ever be returned to. Only a ghost now. Only a ghost. The words, though vague and not an answer, were of the familiar sort, and softened the student's guard a moment. I mean you no harm, please. If you can trust me until we find a place to make camp and rest for the night, I will answer any question I am able. Another pause. I did not mean to frighten you. The student's light flicked back to life, revealing her standing, leaning against the wall with her arms crossed. 
the shields over her eyes flicked open, revealing a suspicious, chastising glare. The teacher was standing with her head dipped low, hands clasped together in apparent shame, which looked almost comical with her monstrous physiology. The student broke the silence. The lithium flame. Can you teach me how to do that? There was no hesitation in the teacher's response. The sadness and timidity were gone. It was the voice of confidence built by countless years' practice, of abilities tested until they broke and reformed a dozen times over like calcified bones. It was a deep, ancient, cardinal confidence that, at the time, the student could not understand the true depth of. Yes. If you'd like to hear more of this story, let us know by emailing us at scpdatapodcast at gmail.com or by visiting any of our social media profiles. Links in the description. Amber Skies is written by The Caretaker and is available to read on Archive of Our Own.